0: Welcome back to episode 32 where I speak with Ian Jones, former All Black Lock and current endurance machine working towards the full Ironman in Taupo on the 10th of December. Ian played 105 games including 79 test matches in his rugby career from 1989 to 1999. Ian talks about his time in the All Blacks, current and previous ventures in endurance sport the transition from professional sport into retirement, an upcoming fundraiser for I Am Hope in February 2023, and the importance of goal setting and having structure in our lives. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Nourish Your Potential podcast my name is kushla holdaway and i'm a registered and accredited sports dietitian based in beautiful new zealand i am so glad you have joined me on this podcast where we will discuss science sports nutrition running and physiology alongside interviews with athletes experts and other health professionals whether you're listening to this podcast during your commute your training session or whilst cooking up a storm in the kitchen You can be reassured information is discussed in a thought-provoking, evidence-based and easy to understand manner, so that you have more tools in your nutrition toolbox to be your best self. Morning, Ian. Lovely of you to join me. How was the weekend for you?
1: Uh, It was wonderful. Thank you, Kushner. I'm uh, in some fairly big training at the moment leading up to an Ironman and three weeks away. So this is kind of one of the last big weekends. Uh, But, you know, it's like when you're getting fatigued, I'm tired, uh, nearly at the end of it. Uh, But the taper is just around the corner.
0: Yeah, the light at the end of the tunnel.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. The <laughs> well, yeah, last two weeks have been pretty brutal. I think I just almost tipped over the edge yesterday. Uh, you start get a little bit fluey, you know, a bit of head coldy, but that's just your body saying, hey, take a rest. So I'm actually taking a day off.
0: Oh, yeah. Good
1: idea. And what Ironman are you aiming towards? Uh, doing uh, Ironman New Zealand, so Telpo, So it was postponed, like most events, from March this year 2022, uh, moves it to December uh 22. So yeah, it's been a hell of a long build up, uh, but we're nearly there.
0: Yeah, oh, good stuff, that's awesome. And is this your first full Ironman or a
1: uh... no, it's not my first full Ironman, so sucker for punishment. Uh, do enjoy the event though. In terms of an athlete experience, uh, I put it right up there. The volunteers are fantastic, they really do make the event your fellow competitors, of course, the, the energy before uh, the, start, the, the race, everyone's nervous, apprehensive, but the joy afterwards. So, yeah, it's, it's it's one. Well, you've got to do the training so you can make an enjoyable day, but what I do actually look forward to doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And how much training are you doing in a week at the moment?
1: Yeah, well, the last couple of weeks have been uh, 20 hours, which for me is a lot. So I can do, I can find the, training to do the 20 hours what's been the hardest but i think is trying to find some recovery time which i haven't found mm-hmm. um and as an aging athlete or any age grouper out there will understand that catches up on you mm-hmm. a little bit um so yeah trying to be a bit smarter today and not train and hopefully i can recover a little bit but the training's okay it's a recovery i've found quite hard Yeah,
0: is that just because you struggle to sit still or just because mm-hmm. you're very busy <laughs>
1: Yeah, because of life, right? Everyone has the same, um, we'll understand trying to juggle life when you're trying to do an endurance event. and endurance event, you can do on less training, absolutely. Uh, But I also find trying to make the day a little bit easier, that you have to do a little bit more work.
0: Mm, mm. And the other very amazing thing that we can't not mention about the weekend... (laughs) was the Blackfans.
1: Oh, I was so, I absolutely so invested in their whole tournament, so proud of what they, they did. I actually sent an email to Coach Wayne Smith today just saying how proud I was of his whole squad, how connected they looked out there, how much belief they had in themselves. There was countless times they could have kind of gone away from their game plan and what they believed was going to be successful and tried to win it individually. Nobody did that. Um uh, boy, they were just beautiful, the way that, and the joy they brought to the game. I mean, England were fantastic uh, as well. Uh, there were so many big moments, uh, of course, but in the end, it was uh, the, the team of five million, that crowd. It was like a rock concert at Eden Park, 45,000 people. The ladies, they did it out in the field, but the people at home, people on TV, willing them uh, to get across the line, they certainly did their bit.
0: Mm. It was such a good game to watch, too. I mean, those last two minutes, it could have gone either way. It was. Well,
1: absolutely. I'd say every, every moment, there was a moment in the game. But, you know, when you believe and back yourself, there was no other option in the end to contest that line out. Uh, but it took some some risk. Uh, they went up, they, they stole it. And boy, it was, it was a fairy tale for a lot of those girls. Had to work very hard. Uh, so, no, very, very proud of them.
0: Yeah. And in your career uh, as an athlete and then since um, retirement as well, how do you feel the broadcasting of women's sport has evolved? Do you think it's gotten better or do you think there's still a lot of progress yet to be made?
1: Oh, there's no question it's gotten better. Uh, mm-hmm. There's always going to be progress, going to be progress in the men's game mm-hmm. uh, as well. Everything keeps evolving, Kushla. Nothing stays the same. Uh, and we've got to keep pushing uh, for that as well. What I want the girls to continue doing, their legacy and their, I guess, traditions that they've formed in terms of the joy that they bring, uh, the kindness, the spirit they bring to their Black Ferns, they've got to keep it uniquely Black Ferns. They're not the All Blacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all under the one umbrella of New Zealand rugby and collectively will be very strong, the All Blacks and the Black Ferns, mm-hmm. uh, but the Black Ferns will forge their own pathway Uh, as you know, and and all your listeners will know, men's and women's sport, our personalities are vastly different. Mm -hmm. So we should never compare Mm -hmm. ourselves to a men's team or or the Black Ferns. Uh, But absolutely, they've they've set this beautiful, welcoming, joyful environment that the next coach, um, and we've got to thank Wayne Smith for his service, but the next coach will take on and evolve again. Well, you know, Kushla, what's wonderful to see is that young girls can see themselves on TV. Mm-hmm. They can see a pathway. And when you couldn't see yourself, your face, your personality, your sport on TV, how can you inspire? Mm-hmm. Um, so for these girls now on social media, with these girls now out in the public eye, the young kids can see, hey, man, that's, I, I can be that. Mm-hmm. And we have the foundations here in New Zealand. We, we can capitalise on this growth because the clubs are all set up for rugby, not women's rugby, men's rugby, but for rugby. So the pathway is there. The real next step is for New Zealand rugby and world rugby to, to lay down for the next four years a schedule so we know where, where we can see the black the uh, black ferns. The black ferns know where they're playing. The new coach knows what they can aim for. That's really got to keep this momentum going. Mm.
0: And we'd better not skimp over um, a bit about you as well. So for, I guess, the younger people listening, they may not be as familiar with you as maybe um, the older generation who have seen you play back in the day. So you are a retired All Black yourself?
1: Yep, originally from uh, Whangarei. Uh, I was an All Black between 1989 and 1999, so played 105 games. Uh, for the All Blacks during that period, 79 Test matches, it was an incredible part of time. Well, not just my life, but for my family as well. Um, absolutely, all, it, it changed uh, our lives. Um, we're, we're in that black jersey representing New Zealand. It's an incredible uh, transformation, I guess, when you, you think back and there might be other 19, 20-year-olds out there at the moment thinking they're shy and uh, don't kind of know... Your path and then they get an opportunity like I did as a a young kid to play for the All Blacks that all of a sudden you're you're, you're confident in who you are, confident to speak to a lady like yourself on a podcast and it really does open up amazing opportunities. So, yeah, it was an incredible time for for me and my family and we're very very blessed and grateful uh, to have it.
0: How old were you when you played your first All Blacks game?
1: Yeah, 22 years of age, yeah. um, which was back then quite rare and unique. I went on a tour to Canada, first,ie Wales and uh, Ireland. So I debuted for the All Blacks at an old Cardiff Arms Park, they call it, uh, Millennium Stadium, Principality Stadium now, but uh, the stadium right in the heart of Cardiff City is the Cardiff Rugby Club and played my first test one year later 1990. Uh, in Dunedin, uniquely in a white, uh, all-black jersey uh, against Scotland. Mm-hmm. And the story about that is I scored a, a try in my debut against Scotland. 50 game, tests later, same ground, same opposition, also in white jerseys. Uh, I scored another try on the exact same spot on the field. Um, and then I of played my last test match, actually, against Scotland. So they've uh, bookended my career. And like a lot of New Zealanders, they have a real connection uh, with Scotland.
0: Yeah. Oh, fancy that. Same spot on the field, same place, everything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was.
0: And what was the significance of the white jersey?
1: Oh, well, because back in the day, uh, the home side had to wear an alternative strip if they clashed with the opposition. Right. And Scotland used to wear a a dark blue, uh, which is why the All Blacks had to go to an alternative strip of white.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, not, Not quite so significant nowadays um but that, that's what it was back in the day
0: yeah and did you always know that you know from a, being a young kid that you were going to be an all-black or when was that really possible for you and you're like yeah i'm shooting towards this that's what i want to be
1: no i absolutely not kushla i mean I I, I I played a lot of sports <coughs> growing up and i love sports love being involved uh, in team sports i know the benefits of team sports, and I'd love to represent in New Zealand. Swimming was my first kind of real uh, competitive sport I got into very passionately. Always played rugby, cricket, whatever uh, the seasons dictated. Um, But no real desire, you know, to play for the All Blacks. Of course I'd love to play for the All Blacks, but never kind of thought I had the opportunity. Not a big guy. Uh, But then just started working really hard. I got some opportunities. I took... Um, an opportunity when I was given a chance and you know, then you kind of grow from there, grow with the players kind of around you that, that help you in that team environment. And, you know, I was very passionate about it for that whole time. And, you know, you say you're an ex-All Black, but you're actually still a former uh, All Black because, man, once you've worn that jersey, it's it's in your DNA for life.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. And as an allback, like, what do you think? are uh, some of the best parts of that and some of the the toughest as well. Oh,
1: well, the best parts are the the opportunity every test match represent your country, uh, enhance that legacy of the jersey, um, make your mark uh, on the jersey you're wearing with the teammates that you go into war with, going to battle with, and you found this amazing bond with these people. So without doubt, you know, on the team side of it, that was the greatest thing, representing New Zealand, Uh, how that made you and your family very proud. I think there's no question uh, that was good. Of course, with good, there's always a flip side, and flip sides expectations, right, Uh, pressure to perform. Uh, I'm a retired player now, I'm an athlete doing other things, but there's absolutely no expectation on me to train. There's no consequences if I hop up today like I have and to decide not to train. Mm-hmm. When you're an All Black, there's an expectation, and there's a consequence to everything you do. It's not just about you, but it's about your team. Mm-hmm. Um, people often ask, now I'm enduring in endurance sports, are you fitter now than you were when All Black? And the answer is always emphatically no
0: mm.
1: for that very reason. If I don't finish the race in Taupo, it doesn't matter. No consequences. Yep, sure, I'll be disappointed, but it doesn't matter on the greater scheme of things. If you, for some reason, fail in the All Black Test match or you don't prepare properly for an All Black Test match, there are major consequences. Yeah. Uh, and, and That's a good and a bad thing. Tradition is a wonderful thing, Kushler. Uh, can also be a noose around teams' heads. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's, I I guess, something as a player, uh, young players coming in, especially, you have to deal with.
0: Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to wear that shirt on and off the field. You know, you you have to represent the All Blacks even when you're not on the field, when you're just living your life. You know, you have to hold that standard high and um, everything you do in your life, you have to be a good role model don't you?
1: Correct. correct. Yeah. But the values of the All Blacks are values of New Zealanders, really mm-hmm. hard work, integrity, honesty. Um, you know, so th- those values, I think uh, most New Zealanders have anyhow.
0: Mm-hmm. And with the pressure to perform in things, how do you think that's helped you as an athlete and things like Ironman? I mean, there's always that massive pressure on yourself. Do you think you can handle that better now as a result?
1: Yeah, I think how it helps me for things like Ironman or other endurance sports I've done is I I kind of feel I've already already reached the pinnacle of what I wanted to do in sport, if you know, representing the All Blacks. And and, and everything else underneath that um, should come easy. It doesn't come easy. It's always hard work, you know, but it's just there for my own enjoyment. So I don't have that kind of... Pressure, expectation that you absolutely 100% have to nail it all the time. Of course we want to um, and love to nail it all the time. But once more, just know in my head, there's not that expectation to win. Mm. I'm, I'm not driven to win. I'm not driven to, you know, uh, and qualify for any events or things like that. All I'm driven to do is get to the start line, enjoy the race, uh, finish the best I possibly can and then move on to the next challenge.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. And full Iron Man, of course, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is yeah. a full Iron Man. So a full Iron Man is a 3.8k swim. It's in the lake in Taupo. Then it's a 180K bike ride. Uh which you know is, is brutal <laughs> as it sounds. And then it's a full marathon, so a 42 point two K a run along the waterfront there in Taupo, four laps. So lots of crowd interactions, which is a good and bad thing uh, when you're walking. Mm. Um, But, you know, the the energy of the crowd, your family will be there or my family will be there. Um, It's just a cool event, but there's lots of cool events, kushla in New Zealand. Mm. Uh, New Zealand has run really good events. And for a lot of the events people do, we're taking us to, to places you would never normally do, like no one would hop up and just, you know, you can't run a, say the Auckland Marathon, you can't run over the bridge, you can't swim across the harbour. These are unique events that happen once a year, uh, which I love to do. Mm.
0: And uh, the thing that always gets me is like a half Ironman alone is huge. A full Ironman, like people would do one of those, parts of that race and they'll probably train a whole year for you. you know you take the marathon people train for months and months for something like that and that's just one third of what you do on that day i think a full ironman is the ultimate test of endurance it's brutal
1: yeah but it's how you get your head around it push when someone's doing a marathon that's all they're running and that's what they run and that's brutal and it's its, it's, it's own sense because i get to halfway 21ks they have another 21 to do But that's what you tick off in your mind Mm. when you're doing, say, an Ironman. Well, your head's already in that space that I'm just going to break this down into three individual disciplines. I'm going to get the swim out of the way, tick, and reset my head and do 90K on the bike, and let's do another 90K and kind of tick that off. So it very much becomes you're not twice as fit, and you don't have to work twice as hard in training between a half Ironman and a full Ironman, just the same as a half marathon and a full marathon but it's how you get your your head right mm. um, people will run a half marathon and say there's no way I could have done it again to run a full well they can if at the start they knew they were doing a full marathon yeah so that's how their head is switched on
0: so true and even in like a day of training you know you might go out and you know you're doing a 20k run and that's all good but if you came home and someone said go and do another 20 you couldn't, but if you mentally knew from the start you were doing 40, yeah, that'd be fine. It's yeah, it's really yeah, like
1: mental, and, and, isn't it? And you know full well in your business, Krishna, it's about uh, right from the start how you do your nutrition, getting your head right, getting your, your fueling and your food right. So different between a half and a full. So, you know, people can do that. They'll have the energy if they've started eating, drinking, and knowing they're going to do a full or going to do a full Iron Man or whatever. Even a 5K, uh, you know, you get it into your head. The mind is so strong. Mm. We, we can all physically do what we're about to do. No question. Uh, uh, but it's your mind that that really has to be the strongest.
0: And it is a race of nutrition. So what what do you do for your nutrition in Man? Like what, what are some of the products you use and how do you go about it?
1: Yeah, I like I try and drink a lot of my carbs, to be honest with you. So I have a, a product that whether you heard it or not, called it's uh, SIS, it's Better Fuel, which is just for me, mm-hmm. lots of carbs. So try and drink, well, I will drink that, um, have two bottles, so change one after 90K. Uh, a lot of water, gels, um, uh, bananas. And I eat a lot of protein, carboh- or high protein bars on the bike. So do most of my nutrition actually for myself on the bike. It's easier. You can sit up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you just kind of make sure you're pretty disciplined in terms of the schedule to get fluids and food, uh, more importantly for me, uh, into the system. And then you got to keep that topped up, of course, during the run. Lots of aid stations, uh, marathons, I think, every 4 to 5 k, So there's opportunities. Um, you know, I'm not racing so much, and a lot of age groupers should have the strategy. You can walk them to make sure you do get the proper fluid or food mm. into you. Uh, but like everything in Kush, I'm sure you'll back this up. Whatever you're doing on race day, make sure you've done time and time again in training so your body knows when you go to eat it or drink it, oh, yep, I know what that is. I like it. Um, happy days.
0: You'd be surprised how many people still just try something new on race
1: day, though. <laughs> yes, and, and look, and, and you're not alone. When people, you know, doing it for your first time or doing it for your tenth time, people make those mistakes. We're humans. We do make mistakes and we think or we hear things from other people saying, this is the, the rocket fuel. This will get you across the line. So, of course, we're all looking for that magic bullet. Um, so we do all do it. Don't ever feel you're alone and you're the only one. Uh, it's not recommended uh, by <laughs> anyone, but don't feel bad if you do do it. And that's, I often think that about anxiety If you're racing, lining up for the first time, or say myself, lining up in a couple of weeks, everyone is anxious. Mm. Everyone is nervous. Uh, Some hide it better than others, but everyone has that knot in their stomach. Um, And, you know, if you feel nervous, everyone else is feeling nervous and don't think you're alone.
0: And I always tell myself nerves feel the same as excitement, so it's just excitement, really.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one, something I will tell myself, so I'll take that, thanks.
0: Yeah, you kind of just have to pretend. Yeah. Um, awesome. And what's your favourite pre-race breakfast?
1: Well, for me, I I'm fairly basic. I'll go for Vogel's toast uh, with banana on it, um, so I have that. I have a Barocca, don't know yeah. why, um, but I do have a Barocca. Um, and that's what I have. So I have four or three to four slices of Vogel's Toast. Sometimes I might just have some uh, porridge, some oats. Um, this race, in a couple of weeks' time, starts at 7 a.m., so not brutally early. I probably have that around about 5 to 5.30 a.m. Yeah. Uh, walk down to the start. Uh, drink a lot, so have... You know, data or pro, uh Powerade or something like that, pre-swim, do the swim, which take basically about an hour. You haven't you know, eaten or drunk for that time, so I'll have another big swig of Powerade, hop on the bike, and then start mm-hmm. eating pretty much straight away mm-hmm. uh, And every 25 to 30 minutes after that, um, and then probably run with gels. Uh, so start drinking a lot, uh, take some gels, For me, probably every 50 minutes on the run, um, and then see how we go.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Awesome. And I was meant to ask as well, did I hear that you're doing some long traverse-type triathlon through the country with, was it Mike King and someone else?
1: Yes. so last year, another uh, former great athlete, Commonwealth Games gold medalist, former world champ called Rick Wells, a guy I've known for 30-odd years, myself and Rick and couple of others swam raising money for um, St. John's oh, from awesome. Great Barrier Island and the Haareki Gulf to Takapuna Beach on the North Shore of Auckland, a distance of uh, 100 kilometres. Oh, my
0: gosh.
1: Um, which was pretty epic. Uh, took us 25 hours. Uh, it, was, it was incredible. Um, and then we just, when you do a challenge, you want to kind of re-challenge yourself. And you've got to be able to, I need a challenge, Christian, like all of us, to get yourself out of bed keep yourself going so in february 14th next year so 2023 uh we are starting uh what we have called myself and rick uh, the hope challenge uh we're doing this to raise money and awareness for i am hope so mike king is going to be joining us all 16 days and we are swim biking a little bit and running the coastline of the north island from cape of Uh, down the east coast basically to Napier. Going to hop on bikes, Napier to Tai Happy, uh, to kayak us down the Rigatiki River. Uh, We're going to run down the the west coast effectively to Wellington. Um, Or as I say, raising money and awareness for I Am Hope. So Mike will be there every day. We're going to have a charity auction and a kind of community gathering in every town that we end up in. Uh, all 16 towns, uh, yeah, it's going to be, It's. it sounds brutal. Uh, it's doable, we think, uh, and we're about to undertake it. Wow.
0: Well that sounds epic. It sounds like a great adventure, actually. It, definitely a challenge, but an adventure yeah. as well.
1: And, and we'll do it as a relay, so we won't do the whole lot ourselves. Um, so, you know, for instance, we'll bike the first section and then we'll run and then we'll swim and we'll just kind of piggyback each other like that so yeah which we, we love love when we go through towns to, to get community engagement people come and run swim or bike uh with us we're doing a couple of big wakarama legs uh just because it's too big uh to swim uh but yeah it'll be be fun so it'll it certainly made us uh, get out of bed and train kushla yeah and will that be your
0: next big event after the upcoming iron man
1: Correct. Yeah. So Ironman finishes 10th of December, then we're going to do this um, yeah, starting 14th of February. We finish 1st of March uh, in Wellington, mm-hmm. uh, where we're yeah, basically swimming from Eastbourne um, across the harbour to, well, Freiburg Pool, mm-hmm. effectively. Um, so we'll swim on day one up in Cape Rehanger, we'll swim on day 16 down in Wellington, so bookend and do some crazy stuff in between yeah
0: good stuff cool and with this have you ever considered multi-sport
1: uh yeah i've done um some pretty epic multi-sport uh races god zone being one god zone is a uh, um for us it was a six-day kind of journey that nearly broke me (laughs) um but yeah so no absolutely done god zone which i love which was a 550K kind of traverse uh, around Malaspiring National Park the year I did it. I uh, really enjoyed that. Another pretty epic um, ultramarathon I did, which I absolutely loved and would love to go back to do it, is the Old Ghost Road Ultramarathon. Yes. Uh, really well organised, some classic West Coast kind of humour in the organisation. Uh, epic scenery, really well managed, uh, cool people that we met uh, on the 85K of the old Ghost Road. So, yeah, that was a pretty cool thing to tick off as well.
0: Oh, good stuff. That's definitely on my wish list as well, that track.
1: Yeah, beautiful <laughs> really cool huts. Um, you don't have to run it, of course. You can w- uh, walk it or mountain bike it, uh, but well worth the visit.
0: Mm. And do you feel like... Um, when you retired from rugby, was that really challenging? Is that kind of why you get into all these other quite extreme sports to help mm. with that or was there a bit of a slump after being in the All Blacks?
1: Yep, nice question, Kushler. Um, I When I finished with the All Blacks, which is 1999, I went and played in England for four years, which is uh, great, fantastic, loved it. <clears throat> but the last kind of six months on my last contract, 2003, I kind of started... Dreaming, Kushla, of this amazing normal life I was about to have. Uh, no more uh, being told what to wear, where to be, what to do. Fitness, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is going to go back to New Zealand and live this amazing normal life, and life will be sweet. Well, I came home, and for the first six months, that's what I tried to live. What I thought was a normal life. Hated it. I started getting grumpy. I started getting achy. I had kind of no real focus or drive about what I wanted to do and worked out, well, it took me six months, but it worked out that my actual normal is discipline. It's schedule. It's a focus uh, for an event. Um, So then I started kind of doing events. I signed up for some uh, multi-sport events initially, uh, then some triathlons and some swims. But once I had a focus, then I started to have a schedule. I started to have so much more, about me. So, what I learned from that, Kushner, was my normal isn't the same as your normal. I can't chase what your, your life, I can't chase my friend's life. Uh, You've got to do what is right for you. Um, and that really was the start of it for me, Kushner, when I understood I needed structure, mm-hmm. I needed a focus, um, and something really to, to, to make sure uh, I was out of bed and, and, and driven every day.
0: And do you think there's like do you get supported through that, uh, you know, after, when you retire and things, or do you think that's where a lot of people really struggle who retire from professional sport?
1: Oh no, question Kush, There's lots of support out there. Yeah. Uh, no, no doubt about that. Uh, the great thing. Well, one of the things about support is that you actually have to seek it out, um, and you then you can listen to all the words of advice and the the, the pathways. Uh, then it's up to you whether you take them or not take them. Mm -hmm. But no, there's no question with the New Zealand Players Association, there's lots of support. There's lots of other players out there who've gone through similar pathways. Um, But often I think you need to kind of learn it yourself Mm -hmm. as well, understand kind of what works for you. What works for me isn't always going to work for you, Kusher, or some of the people listening. Mm -hmm. But one thing that really does work, and which I'd love, if people are a little bit lost in what they're doing, is just have structure to their day. Mm-hmm. If they write some structure, what they want to achieve on that day, they will get it done. And with structure, for me, anyway, Krishna, comes consistency. And with consistency comes results. And with results, you, you feel amazing about yourself and, and you can really enjoy what you're doing. So I think for me, that was uh, the real turning point, getting, getting structure back into my life. Mm-hmm.
0: And generally I think humans thrive off routine for the most part and um you know getting even little things like if you're waking up and going to sleep at the same time each day and keeping to a similar eating schedule all those things actually really impact your health.
1: Yep yeah, but but cause we know that Kush, it doesn't mean we do it. Mm and, yeah. and, and and we've all been told that time and time again I understand that but sometimes you just got to be reminded mm-hmm. or remind mm-hmm. yourself to get back into routine. Routine for people, once you're in a routine, is easy. Mm-hmm. Routine for people that aren't in that mindset is damn hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's that's what we really got to help people to start slow, take some small steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing something is always better than doing nothing. And it's something doesn't have to run a marathon. Mm-hmm. No one's asking people to do that uh might be just, you know, eating the fruit that, that that you recommend they eat or having a breakfast that you recommend or skipping breakfast and having lunch, whatever the driver is. It's just you know, getting into that habit. Start small.
0: Mm-hmm. And to come a little bit back to the All Blacks again, <clears throat> um, how do you think the, the culture of rugby has changed since you were playing?
1: Oh, the culture within a team I don't think's changed at all. It's, you know, it's, it's mates being mates. You're around there, driven with each other. You're trying to enhance that legacy of the jersey, say for the All Blacks or the Black Ferns. You're going to create uh, this special time in your life. Absolutely what has changed, I think, is some expectations, uh, public scrutiny, good mm. and bad. Um, and scrutiny can be a great thing, right, because sometimes... It makes you look at yourself and what you're doing. But sometimes scrutiny, um, uh, directed poorly or interpreted uh, poorly, can be quite a brutal thing. And I, I really don't think my generation, maybe even when you're growing up at school, Kushler, had that same public scrutiny mm. as what our elite uh, sports stars have now. Mm. Uh, and of course, there's some real positives that can come out of good scrutiny. Uh, sponsorship endorsements, public acknowledgement, and they're all wonderful things. But with every positive there's always going to be a flip side um, and that can be harsh. And how the, the players of today, how the, the organising unions manage that is pretty crucial.
0: Do you think that's worsened by the media as well? Well,
1: I mean, the media have a job to do right, and there's lots of media outlets that all have to do something. Mm. Uh, but Media also flips onto social media, mm. um, and once more, it's, it's not a negative of social media. There's some amazing uh, positives that come out of social media, but for every good, there's a bad. Mm. For every positive, there's a negative. That's that's you know that's something that we have to understand.
0: Because mm. I mean yeah if you're constantly getting scrutinized in a really negative way, like think of how that might impact the mental well-being of the players too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. but remember when there's there is negative uh, scrutiny, there will be positive scrutiny around your family, around your friends uh, the feedback you're getting from maybe the coaches within that group as well. So I mean to, if it's not all negative mm-hmm. you know if there's negative, there's positive same as it's positive, there's it negative. Um, you know, it, and it, it's human nature, isn't it, for us to always pick up on the negativity, but even when you're getting negative feedback from maybe the public, you are getting positive feedback from other people uh, as well, mm-hmm. and you've got to believe and trust in those people around you. And that's why when you become an all-black or you become a black fern, your family becomes an all-black or a black fern, and those people close to you are your circle, mm. uh, boy,
0: you to rely on them a lot. Mm. And I think too, it's very easy. Like you could get um, 95 positive comments or lovely feedback and there's one person or one bit part of negative feedback and that's the one we focus on. And it's yep, very easy absolutely. to forget all the other wonderful comments or feedback we've received. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. that, 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 is, that, that <laughs> is so true. That is so true. I guess the other thing I want to talk about, feedback too, if we're in that kind of uh, chat, Kushner, is goal setting is quite, um, goal setting is something I've always kind of talked about. Uh, And a lot of New Zealanders, because they're quite humble people, like to keep goals to themselves. I want to say on your podcast, please share your goals with people. Because when you share your goals with people, one, you become accountable to that goal. People ask you, how are you getting on, training for this 5k run coming up or you know how's the training for the half marathon so that is really positive but there's also so much knowledge in your friend group uh look if i say to you kush i'm about to run 5k you've done that so you can give me all your knowledge uh so we share and and that positive feedback you're giving me um so yeah goal setting is important but sharing goals new zealand let's let's do that so so we have this beautiful network of positivity getting you across the line because goals are amazing. Goals are hard, Kushla. Goals are, are really hard to achieve, but man, they're amazing when you do it. Mm.
0: And even if you don't nail the goal, you'll probably end up somewhere a lot better off anyway. So,
1: yep. Well, you've done something, yeah, haven't you? Yes, uh, it, it's, it's something's always better than nothing.
0: Yeah. People can be quite secretive about goals, and I think maybe it's because they're afraid they <clears throat> won't achieve them. Like it's the, yeah, poor self belief maybe.
1: Yeah, well, it's a classic Kiwi trait, isn't it? We we you don't want to put ourselves up on the pedestal. Uh, absolutely, if you don't tell people your goal, you're never going to fail. Mm. True. Um, True. But you know, I, I guess there's the other thing for what Wayne Smith, Collins, Stodd, in the Black Ferns. But I know what I know a lot out for the All Blacks. Winning is irrelevant. Uh, winning will come if you do the process right. Uh, if you're training for a 5k and you are consistent with your running and status schedule, you will hit that 5k. There's no question about that. And and the time doesn't kind of matter. You'll build time uh, as you get more experience, but you will do your goal as long as you're consistent with your training. That's look at the Black Ferns. They were. They were so process-driven. They knew what they had to do out there. They stuck to their game plan. They stuck to, their, uh, to, to the team um, ethos, and the outcome was a win. But even if they had lost in the weekend, we would have been so proud, of them. Wayne Smith would have been so proud, and they would have been so proud of themselves because they did everything they wanted to do. Mm. And wouldn't lose, or draw, it, it sometimes doesn't matter if you do the process all right,
0: mm, It'll definitely be one of their most unforgettable games, I'm sure. what's are some of your most unforgettable games in your time with the all blacks?
1: <coughs> yeah, uh well, you know it's a cliche, but it's cliche for a reason, Chris your, <laughs> your debut for the country is amazing, yeah, it really is a special time for you and your family. Um, I was lucky enough to play in a World Cup final in 1995 when South Africa first came back into world rugby. There was amazing scenes at their ground over there in Johannesburg called Ellis Park, packed with 78,000 people. Uh, the president at the time, Nelson Mandela, walked out uh, in the Springbok jersey, actually wearing the jersey of the captain, Francois Pienaar, number six. Uh, and that was just a special moment in time Uh, The game didn't go our way, but that moment uh, I'll always remember pre kickoff, and then people can YouTube this, but this big jumbo jet flew overhead, like right almost it felt uh, level with the grandstand at Ellis Park. So that was a pretty special moment. And we had another one one year later in '96, where for our first time in history, New Zealand or the All Blacks won a series against our greatest foes, the South Africans in South Africa. Uh, and that was a moment that not just that team in ninety six but all blacks had been before kind of cherished as well so that was nice um to kind of enhance the legacy and to tick off a pretty significant milestone in New Zealand rugby yeah
0: that, yeah unforgettable <laughs> yeah. yeah do you feel like you clearly remember all the games you played or do all the ones in the middle become become <clears throat> a bit of a blur <laughs>
1: Well you know what i I, I remember all my losses oh. Um, and can relive them to this day, and yeah, and maybe the reasons why. But yeah, I I can, but that's just the way my brain works. Because I can remember uh, most moments uh, in in the game, uh, preparation, uh, how we performed, uh, moments that changed the game, good or bad. Uh, but yeah, you you do live it, um, and absolutely, as I said at the start, it gets into your blood, gets into your DNA. You you, you live it and. And breathe it, and it's a special time uh, in any All Black or Black Ferns live, or anyone who represents uh, their nation. It's it's a special time.
0: And with the younger players coming through now that we see, what do you think some of the biggest challenges are for them?
1: Yeah, um, well, consistency because they're playing so many games um, to week to week. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's really you got to make every game really special. What is the what is the uniquely different thing about today's test match to last week's test match? Uh, So every moment has to kind of be cherished. So I guess that can be quite hard when there's so many back-to-back test matches Mm -hmm. uh, all the time. As I mentioned before, how they handle the scrutiny, not just of the media, but of the public, uh, who have direct link via social media to Mm -hmm. uh, these players. uh, And try as you like. It is hard to avoid it, uh, hearing it, reading it, uh, being told about it. Um, injuries, of course, because the physicality of the game is so intense. The turnarounds are so quick. Um, how do you give your body that significant time to rest, recover, so you can perform at your absolute best uh, the following week? Mm. Uh, I guess they're all kind of challenges, but for everything, when you're playing for the All Blacks Kushler, all the positives will always outweigh the negatives. Mm. It's it's a great team to be involved in. It's a great culture to be part of. Uh, it's an absolute honour uh, to be given the chance on, on a Saturday to wear the jerseys. So they'll always outweigh any negatives that that could come to representing New Zealand.
0: And with so many, like you were saying, with the like most weeks they're playing a game back to back. What was it like when you played? Was it like how long between games did you generally have?
1: Yeah, it was. It was a, a long time on tours, of course. It was yeah. we'd we'd often play uh, twice a week, and but your, your body's conditioned for that, and mm. uh, you you can prepare yourself. It wasn't always test matches uh, like they're playing at the moment. Um, f- some years we'd play as little as I don't know. I'd have to look back, but six or seven games as opposed to fourteen or fifteen they're playing now. So um, and the schedule's quite. I mean, they're, they're playing televised games from February through to November. You know so they're always on um but that's you know. look it may sound like a negative but there's lots of positives come from that the professional athletes are getting reimbursed significantly about <laughs> the money for what they're doing there's other great opportunities in terms of off-field sponsorship that can come their way so mm-hmm. you know always get back to if you think there's a negative there's always be a positive
0: mm. and with your sporting ventures now, how do you feel like your body has, you know, because rugby is hard on the body, do you yeah. feel like you've had to deal with any long-term, not injuries, but uh, I guess physical challenges from that toll it took?
1: Uh, not too bad. I've been really lucky. I mean, I was a swimmer to start with, so my flexibility has always been pretty good. Uh, relatively injury-free during my rugby career. So mm-hmm. I've looked after my kind of knees, hips and ankles uh, fairly well. Uh, been fairly robust in terms of the training I've been doing. Uh, it's it's been a long journey because we're not that smart, crusher. But starting to to read your body, I think has been the the, the biggest change. I'm 55 years of age now. I'm not a young athlete. I don't recover uh, like like you once did. I think the recovery has been the the biggest thing. But it's also been one of the biggest challenges over the last couple of weeks a big training. Where I've done the training but haven't done the proper recovery so you know like a lot of athletes getting close to a key event you start to get a little bit nervous you start to get you always feel a little bit sick um once more you're not alone we all kind of go through that and i think i'm, I'm at that stage now so i hope to get a good week of training in this week uh, and then recover for two weeks and be fresh for game day
0: yeah i hope so for you too Yeah, Yeah. so you can have a good day out. And I mean, with the recovery and being busy, because you juggle quite a lot of other things as well, don't you? You do commentating?
1: Yep, so commentating. Spend a lot of time with this new venture between the Tourism and New Zealand Rugby Union called All Blacks Experience, which I'm really passionate about. Um, Our main gig is with an insurance company called AIA, so they have a Vitality program, which is a health and wellness program I'm very passionate about and, and... it's all about getting people kind of moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's more, it's not moving to the extreme. I like running a marathon, like Queenstown Marathon coming up next weekend, but it's just about moving. Yeah. Uh, when you move, it's not just the physical benefits, of it's the mental benefits we really uh, want, to be, want to be part of. So I want New Zealanders to move. I want New Zealanders to feel good about themselves. I want them to get out and into nature. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when we go for walks in nature, I guess the other point is, uh, don't look down at the footpath. Yep, but look up at the sky. Look up at the trees. You'll be amazed how connected you become uh, with the, your surrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know myself when, when I'm out there. When I when I look up, I, I actually feel energized. Mm-hmm.
0: There's something different about running out in the country with the mountains or the trees compared to just round the block in town, isn't there? It's, um, it's both the movement and just the environment you're in, which is just so good for your mental well-being.
1: Yep, if that's all you got, Kushner. That's what you got. Uh, and you can run through the streets of Auckland, and there's some beautiful trees, beautiful parks. Yeah. Um, you know you can feel at one. Um, without getting too kind of deep and meaningful, but <laughs> I just want people to get outside yeah. uh, and move um, because, man, it'll, it'll, it'll clear your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for, for me personally, was when I finished retiring, when, when I didn't have that focus, when I didn't have that consistency, you know, all these acts start coming back. You're not kind of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's what I needed anyhow, mm-hmm. uh, structure, consistency, uh, a focus. And um, I know other, many other New Zealanders, once they kind of get that in their lives as well, mm. it's that's what they need.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, from you, I've heard, or to summarize, that your exercise is for your structure and goal setting, for your mental well-being, and I guess to have goals.
1: Yep. That's what gets me out of bed. Um, to, to have a healthy lifestyle, um, to be always, I always like to be in a good enough shape, Kushla. If a challenge comes my way, I can do it. Yeah. For instance, yeah, you know, this hope challenge we're calling it, yeah, you know, Cape Langer to Wellington. Yep, let's do that. Or Iron Man, let's do that. Or let's, you know, do something next week. Yeah. I like to be in a good enough shape to be able to do that. But it's really all for my my mental uh, yeah, um, my mental well being. the other thing I do pretty strongly, my family and I have been doing this for the last well three years now. We have a Christmas function coming up first Friday of every month. We run a a food kitchen called Eddie's Meals. Um, And we have anywhere between kind of 30 and 50 people from the North Shore come along that we serve just typical food. But it's about the connection with the community while we're doing it. We have a blessed life, my family and I, great wife. uh, Kids are doing well. Uh, It's nice to have to share those blessings with others. Um, So we do. Um, And that, that, I tell you, we walk away from that every Friday or once a month, first Friday of the month, feeling so damn good. Because everyone who volunteers out there will understand this, Kusha, you're probably the same. And when you give, you get so much in return. In fact, you get more. Mm. Um, And that's why it's so cool to volunteer. And that's why we all love uh, at events we do. Please always thank uh, the volunteers.
0: Mm. Mm. it's such a good feeling giving isn't it like um, last night we actually donated a whole heap of meat we no longer needed to the Salvation Army and just doing those little things you're like you know, you know you're know, you helping other people so much um, and yeah just or, or volunteering or helping out or fundraising it's yeah it's a really nice feeling
1: yeah. absolutely it's a wonderful feeling to, to do good for your own mental health uh, absolutely helps others mm-hmm. um, and, and if you can and it's tough out there. We all understand that. Not everyone can do it, Kushler. Mm. But if you can share uh, what you've been lucky enough to have, uh, it's wonderful to be able to do that.
0: Mm, definitely. Cool. Okay. Well, so what's on the schedule for you today? A bit of recovery, hopefully.
1: Yes. I'm right. actually just on my way to meet Mike King and Rick Wells, actually, to mm. to tick off the, the accommodation on the 16 venues that we're going to, but the, the route is all done. So that's one thing. Sponsorship is pretty much put to bed. Uh, then I'll be going home. And yeah, I yeah, had a scheduled big run, but actually going to go put the feet up, try to recover, uh, get some decent food or protein uh, into me. Yep. Uh, I think I need more than anything. Um, after a hard week or hard weekend of training. And I think once I eat properly today, um, I'll feel a hell of a lot better tomorrow.
0: With this I am hope tour you're doing through the North Island, how can people follow along this journey? Is that going to be on social media and things?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Jump onto my Instagram page, Karma Kid 4 uh, I'll have you updated and we'll do awesome content all the way through or Hope Challenge cool. Hope Challenge, H-O-P-E Challenge um, Just Mike just had his gumboot Friday last Friday so we been focused on that so now that uh, that's been put to bed uh, this is his next big thing uh, happening we start 14th of February next year so yeah it's going to be cool man it the big days all doable days um and and we'll get it done
0: yeah I look forward to following along it's great thank you very much so I just have a fast five to finish are completely random questions and the first okay. thing that comes to mind
1: <laughs> Yep.
0: so what is your favorite meal
1: uh, Rose lamb.
0: Favourite triathlon discipline? Swimming. Thought it might be. Favourite sports nutrition supplement during races?
1: Uh, better fuel.
0: One of your favourite books you would recommend? Oh. Tricky. <laughs> <book>. <laughs> uh, Cob-
1: uh, Harlan Coben book. Any of his Harlan Coben books, I think. Or Jack Reacher is probably the, the simplest one. Okay. Any Jack Reacher book.
0: And lastly, your favourite song?
1: Or, you know, I've got an eclectic mix. It's hard to just pluck one. <laughs> but I'm going to go, going to go, uh, I'm going to go shapeshifter in colour.
0: Huh, I would not have guessed that.
1: No, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's on my playlist for my wind trainer um, and I love it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I, lo- I, I love music. I absolutely love music. And what I love about music, I love epic stadium kind of anthems like Coldplay uh or metallica or any any big bands that are just doing cool things uh in stadiums I, I love that
0: oh i'm such a die-hard coldplay fan <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah yeah oh my
0: <laughs> oh awesome well thank you so much for joining me in and all the very best for your iron man in a few weeks time
1: yeah thank you very much uh, good luck to everyone who's doing it uh watching it they're pretty inspirational events but um yeah just finally thank you for listening um Start the journey today, people, write down a goal, a 3K walk around the block, really start small, Um, build up from consistency, and, and you'll do some amazing things.